0: I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us. And folks, this is a great time to be an Islander fan. The Islanders get two wins this weekend over the Buffalo Sabres uh, by identical 5-2 to two scores, and now the Islanders are sitting in first place in the tough NHL's Eastern Division, so lots to talk about on today's show, and thankfully, most of it is actually very good news. Don't forget, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. And use the promo code Locked On 20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. So, the Islanders, with that uh, fantastic weekend, winning all three games against Buffalo. Two victories out of the three, by the way, for Ilya Sorokin, which has to be uh, yet another positive if you're an Islanders fan, as, you know, we talked about how both of the Goalies needed to get going if the Islanders were going to succeed in March, and Barry Trotz mentioned that as well. And now here we are in March. Both goalies are going and they are playing well in addition. And essentially, you know, the there are a lot of things we want to talk about when it comes to this game. Uh But if there's something Islanders-related that you want to talk about, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to to discuss on the air, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter. My handle is at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I also tweet live during almost every Islanders game. So, one of the reasons that the Islanders have been so successful is that while this team does not have one very dangerous sniper, they don't have a player who, you know, puts fear in the hearts of opposing teams, although Matthew Barzal, I think, is rapidly getting there. And if you saw that goal he scored on Saturday, I'll tell you something else. That goal to me is quite possibly the goal of the year, not just for the Islanders, but for the entire NHL. Just made an unbelievable fake to get in there and. You know, beat the guy to the puck and faked him out, and then went between his legs and and lifted the puck past the goalie. If you haven't seen it, you got to check that out on on uh, social media because that is truly one of the most incredible goals that you're going to see all year. So if if somebody ever tells you as an Islander fan, hey, the Islanders are kind of boring. They don't play an exciting style of hockey. You you don't see too many highlight real goals scored by the Islanders, well, if somebody says that to you, you show them the video of Matthew Barzal's goal on Saturday. But here's the thing, the Islanders may not have that one sniper who is so dangerous, but what they do have, and I think it's one of the keys to their success, is outstanding balance when it comes to the way that their offense works. And right now, through 25 games, the Islanders have five players with nine or more goals. The captain, Anders Lee, leading the way with 12, and then you have Barzal, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, Brock Nelson, and Jordan Eberle, each with nine goals. And when you break it down even further and you analyze it, Lee, Barzal, and Eberly are essentially, most of the time anyway, your top line. So you have all three members of your top line at the nine goals or more mark. On the second line, you have Nelson. Now, a lot of Brock Nelson's goals have come on the power play, but you get the feeling that, that the B&B line of uh, Nelson, Bailey, and Bavillier, now that beau is healthy again, starting to come around and they're starting to become more productive. So you have three players from the first line, one player in Nelson on the second line, and then Pajot representing the third line. That gives you outstanding balance. You add to that the best fourth line in hockey or the identity line. Those are the two nicknames that the... Uh, Suzekis Martin, and Clutterbuck line uh, have, and you look at those, and those three guys are also contributing offensively. Now, none of them are the kind of threat to score that, you know, the members of the top six forward lines are, or Pajot, but what they do, and do so well, is work hard, wear down opponents, four-check aggressively, and set the tempo, And yes, they can pitch in enough offense. And we've talked before, you know, Matt Martin on pace for, if this was a full 82-game season, for something around, you know, 14, 15 goals. Sezekis and Clutterbuck also more than capable of pitching in between 10 and 15 goals in a season, possibly more if they really get their groove going. But the balance that this Islander team has up and down their lineup is really one of the reasons that this team has been so successful. And you go back, for example, to yesterday's game. You had two goals by Brock Nelson of the second line. You had a goal by Cal Clutterbuck of the fourth line, a goal by Casey Sezekis from the fourth line, and then you had a goal by Anders Lee uh, from the first line. That gives you five goals. And that's balance. That that means that essentially three of your four lines ended up with at least a point in in you know in this game. And because of uh, the way it broke down, you have you know enough offense that way and balance. And when you add an up and comer like Oliver Wallström who picked up an assist yesterday. Uh, and a hard worker like Michael Cole who really is settling down nicely in that third-line wing spot, all of a sudden, you start to realize that, you know, this team may not be the most dangerous team offensively, but they're capable, more than capable. And when they play their system, they are uh, tough to score against, tough to play against, and that is again, makes their balance scoring even tougher for the opposition. You also add in, for example, from Sunday's game, four different defensemen had an assist in that game. Pulak, Letty, Pelic, and Dobson, each with assists. You have that. That is just, again, unbelievable balance, and it really helps. I mean, I saw a, a play by Dobson on Saturday where he started to pinch, realized it probably wasn't going to work, backed up, and was able to, to get into the play and make, not be trapped in an odd man rush. That's maturity. That's progress. That's Islander hockey. When we come back, we will discuss uh, a few other things that are causing the Islanders to play so well. We also have our Islanders birthday of the day, and a whole lot more. Stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We're covering everything you need to know about the Islanders, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So, Here's the other thing that I really took from the last two games, and really the last three games against the Buffalo Sabres. And that is this. The New York Islanders are in first place right now in the East Division. For a reason. And that reason is that they are doing what good hockey teams do. We talked before these three games against the Buffalo Sabres that you hope the Islanders would get at least five out of the six points, minimum of four, and you hope for five or six when playing the Buffalo Sabres. And look, no no disrespect meant toward the Buffalo Sabres, but they are a team that is struggling right now, that is in last place in the East, that is not playing up to their potential right now. And at the end of the day, good teams take care of business when they're playing teams that are struggling, and the Islanders went out and did just that. 5-2, 5-2, 5-2. Three games, you win them. The Islanders have played Buffalo six times this year, and they've won all six, and that's what good hockey teams do. Good hockey teams beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, Good hockey teams go out and play their kind of game against inferior opponents and then beat those teams. And again, if you look back at the three games against Buffalo, the Islanders were in control out of 180 minutes of hockey. I would say that the Islanders were probably in control for 140 minutes maybe for 20 minutes overall the sabers had the edge and maybe for 20 minutes it was fairly even but overall what did the islanders do against buffalo they limited the sabers chances they did an excellent job of staying out of the penalty box uh buffalo was 0 for 1 on the power play on sunday 0 for One, they didn't get any power play opportunities in the Thursday game. You got three games, and I think Buffalo had either two or three power play opportunities over three games. You do that, and again, you're taking Buffalo's strength, their power play. That's their lifeline for a struggling team like the Sabres, and You don't even give them the opportunity, hardly, to utilize that strength because you stay out of the penalty box. That is what you need to do. And the Islanders went out and they did it. You you look at the shot charts from all three of these games between the Islanders and Buffalo, and the shot chart basically shows that with a handful of exceptions— The New York Islanders kept the Buffalo Sabres away from the high-traffic areas, from the crease area, from the area from, you know, the face-off circles drawing a triangle down to the crease. Only a handful of shots over three games that the Buffalo Sabres took from those high-traffic, dangerous areas. How many odd-man rushes do you remember? Over the course of those three games, one or two, maybe over three games, again, good team defense, smart positional play. Everybody is back checking, everyone is picking up their man. And when you do that and do it consistently, you're playing winning hockey. And the Islanders, you know what? They have enough offense. They don't have a spectacular offense. They don't have a, quote-unquote, dangerous offense. But quietly, quietly, the Islanders are moving up the league standings in goals four. And they're right around the middle of the league right now in goals scored. That, on a team that is top five in goals against, is more than good enough. And we talked also about the power play and how the Islanders needed to improve it. Well, it has been better in recent games. And no, they didn't score Sunday on the power play, but still, they moved the puck well. They set things up well and they got quality chances on the power play. And The Islanders' power play, again, we said, doesn't have to be top 10, but they are right in the middle. Uh, Entering Sunday's game, they were 14th in the league. If you're top 5 in the league in goals against, but you're toward the middle of the league in goals scored and power play goals, power play percentage, you are going to win the majority of your games. And the other part of the formula for the New York Islanders has always been that you get spectacular goaltending. On those rare occasions, when there are breakdowns and giveaways and odd man rushes, your goalies have to bail you out. Well, guess what? Both Simeon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin are getting that job done, and they're getting it done consistently. Ilya Sorokin won his third straight game yesterday. Simeon Varlamov now 11, 4, and 3. And the beautiful thing is that their their statistics are starting to get real close to each other. Varlamov's goals against average, 2.10. Sorokin's coming in to yesterday's game was 2.16, and he only gave up the two goals. It's probably around 2.14 now. The save percentage, 9.26 for Varlamov, probably around 9.12 right now for Sorokin. Three shutouts for Varley, two for the White Whale, Sorokin. These numbers show that it's not just the good play of the goalies. That's always important, but the team in front of them is playing smart hockey. And again, the Islanders are sticking to their formula. They're familiar with it. They're executing it and that's why they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. So can't get too excited when you're beating the last place team on the one hand, but on the other hand, you took care of business, you did what you had to do, and you did it the right way, and that is a very good sign for this first place hockey team. When we come back, we will have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. We've been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber, and amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now is the time to find out which Bilt Bar is the best. Yes, it's time for Bilt Bar Madness. We have two matchups today. Apple Almond Crisp is taking on Churro Puff, which is a newcomer. I'll tell you, I like both of these flavors. Apple Almond Crisp, a little bit more traditional, uh, while Churro Puff is, is one of those upstart new flavors that a lot of people are really enjoying. Then we also have Peanut Butter Brownie, a real classic combination of two great flavors, to go up against Raspberry, another American favorite. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Built Space bar on Twitter uh, to vote for your favorites. Remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The football season may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Hey, college basketball conference championships are going on. March Madness is right around the corner, and so is Major League Baseball. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and Reality TV. They'll give you real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Use the promo code on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Islander fans get the upper hand on your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get podcasts. Okay, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're going back to the early days of the Islanders franchise. We want to wish uh, a very happy birthday, a 78th birthday, to Bill McMillan, former Islanders center. He turned 78 on Sunday, and McMillan came up with the Toronto Maple Leafs, had a good 22-goal season with them back in 1970-71, came to the Atlanta Flames in the 72-73 expansion draft, and then was acquired by the Islanders the following season, played with the Islanders for four years through the end of the 76-77 season, and was a big part of the Islanders' run to the semifinals in both 1975 and 1976, scored four playoff goals in 13 games back in 1976. We're going to look at one of his best games as an Islander. This one at the Nassau Coliseum, October 28th, 1974. Islanders with Billy Smith in net going up against the California Golden Seals with Gary the Cobra Simmons in between the pipes. 10,247 fans on hand for this one and the Islanders quickly jumped to a 2-0 lead on first-period goals by Bob Bourne and Billy Harris. looked like everything was going well, but it got better in the second period. Gary Howitt made it 3-0 Islanders, and then Ed Westfall got started. He made it 4-0 Islanders midway through the period. The Seals got on the board then. Bob Stewart, their defenseman, got his first of the year from Wayne King and Morris Mott, at 13:22, and then the Islanders just took over. Another goal by Ed Westfall, this one on the power play, followed by a goal by our Islanders' birthday of the day, Billy McMillan, and that was a power play goal as well. It was 6-1, Islanders after two, and in the third, the Isles just poured it on. McMillan scored again, his fourth from Ralph Stewart, just a minute seven into the third period. Then Ed Westfall completed his hat trick, into the period, and then the Islanders got two more goals. That was three goals in one minute and eight seconds. Billy McMillan finishes his hat trick, Ernie Hickey and Ralph Stewart with the helpers, and then Ernie Hickey from Billy McMillan and Ralph Stewart. Final score in this one, Islanders 10, Seals 1 for Billy McMillan, three goals, one assist, his first NHL hat trick, and he was a plus four. In this game, final shots on goal, 47 for the Islanders, 28 for the Seals. By the way, Ralph's, uh, excuse me, Eddie Westfall leading the Islanders with seven shots on goal. He gets the hat trick. Billy McMillan gets the hat trick. And really, the Islanders had uh, so many players with multiple point games. Ralph Stewart, three assists. Dennis Potvan, three assists. It was complete and total domination and by the way Billy McMillan was also an assistant coach after he retired for the Islanders in their first Stanley Cup winning team in 1979-80 then went on to be the head coach of the Colorado Rockies and when they moved to New Jersey to become the Devils he remained their coach through the 83-84 season those were some pretty dreadful Devils teams but McMillan certainly did the best he could, was also general manager for a while uh, in Colorado slash New Jersey. So happy 78th birthday to Bill McMillan, uh, one of the better players on some of those early Islanders teams back in the mid-1970s. So a couple of milestones to make note of, and there have been a lot of them. Jordan Eberle, his three- Hundredth career NHL assist in Sunday's game. Uh, That is always a big plus. Jean-Gabriel Pajot, he had an assist that was his 200th NHL point. Uh, So many players now getting point streaks going. Uh, Brock Nelson, three in a row. Anders Lee, four in a row. Casey Sezikis, a three-game point streak. And Oliver Wallstrom now has seven points in his last eight games. Overall, the Islanders are clicking on all cylinders. Now, tomorrow, they'll be hosting the Boston Bruins. That is a very tough game. And I think the Bruins will be a very good measuring stick for this Islanders team. They've had Boston's numbers so far, but I think it'll be a measuring stick for the Islanders to see after three straight games against a struggling Sabres team, how they do against a deeper and more talented Boston Bruins club. We'll have a full preview of that game on tomorrow's show and a whole lot more. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.